Hello, I'm Jim, and this is On The Left Side, The Funny Football Show. So my siblings, they are my United fans. So I never thought this is going to happen, you know, but like I said, dreams, dreams do come true, you know. So, transfer deadline day came and went, with all the pomp and ceremony that can possibly be mastered by a Scottish man in a yellow tie shouting, we have news coming in from the northeast, and bandying around four Motorola flip phones like some kind of weird footballing hotel switchboard, which isn't much pomp and ceremony, by the way. And still, my tired old analogy runs true. Doing a footballing deal on deadline day is like walking into a pub when it opens, sitting quietly for 11 hours in the corner until they call last orders and then running to the bar and handing over a £50 note in exchange for a bag of ready salted crisps and a blue WKD. And this year, at the front of the queue at last orders, holding a bullseye in their hand and walking off with their bag of walkers was, of course, Manchester United. Those in the media who have been claiming in recent weeks it could take several windows for the rebuilding plan at Old Trafford to really take effect must have been left reeling come deadline day as it appears Ed Woodward's building plan is about as cohesive as a toddler with the blueprints to a nuclear fusion reactor and half a tonne of uranium and probably about twice as dangerous. Yes, Manchester United are bringing in the hotly rated Portuguese midfielder Bruno Fernandes eventually to take some of the disappointing the fans' duties away from Paul Pogba, but they were also in the market for some short-term firepower to replace the injured Marcus Rashford. And that short-term replacement was Odia Nogalo. Now, Agalo isn't such a bad buy on the face of it. He has Premier League experience, he's a proven goalscorer, and he should fit well into the Manchester United system, if anyone can work out what the Manchester United system actually is. Mm-hmm. But he's also playing football in China. China? China. China? A country that not only has limited flights in and out of it right now because of the coronavirus, but also has a two-week mandatory incubation period for people leaving the country and coming to the UK. China. Manchester United have signed a short-term emergency striker who probably won't even be able to kick a ball in training for the best part of three weeks. Genius. All I can think is that their plan is to bring Agalo back carrying the coronavirus, then going on to infect the whole of the UK, meaning the Premier League gets shut down for safety reasons and it stops Liverpool winning the Premier League. I don't know how you feel about Liverpool winning the league, but contracting a potentially deadly virus to maybe stop it happening? Some people I know would take that risk. Even if that were to happen and the UK were ravaged by this deadly disease, you can guarantee that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer would be able to find a positive spin on the story. He is the master of looking on the bright side, even when there isn't one. After being hammered by Manchester City in the Caribou Cup semi-final leg one, he said this. You know, when when you play Man City in a Carabao Cup and they put the strongest team out, you know that you've got to come places because that means that they respect us. And that was a team with Claudio Bravo in goal and without a recognised striker. 
Then he said this when his team lost 2-0 to Burnley. Of course, we're disappointed in the points tally. We're still fifth in the table. And then this weekend, after drawing with Wolverhampton Wanderers, he offered this little rainbow of hope. Ah, well, I think we've shown them we're a tough team to play against as well. We've played them three times now in the space of two weeks and they haven't scored yet. You could tell Solskjaer that the Stretford end was on fire and he'd still find a way to put it in a positive frame. Well, you know, the club will save money on heating bills now. Was that supposed to be Chris Waddle? Fuck off. I guess you can't argue with his logic on a fair few of those occasions, although you could probably argue with this little excuse for why his Fords failed to find the net in that game against Wolves. Uh, we had some shots. We had, I think someone's moved the goalposts because that bottom corner was uh, where Diogo and Mason and Juan put the ball. He's just moved half the yard. I'm sure the ground staff's made, made some arrangements without asking me. Move the goalposts. What, little men with brown coats came on and shifted them to the side halfway through the game? It's the Premier League. It's not an episode of the fucking Chuckle Brothers. Although, thinking about it, he did say this in the post-match chat too. It was like, to me, to you. Suddenly, the transfer policy is all beginning to make sense. One positive for United fans, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has still got a better grasp on reality, though, than this dude on Five Lives 606. Is this Statman Gary? That's me, Statman yes. Gary. Oh, Statman Gaz. I'm, I'm actually ringing about a really serious thing. If you remember in September, I was highlighting that they may as well have given Liverpool the title as early as that, because it became fairly clear at that stage what Stockley Park were, were trying to do. I mean, everybody except Liverpool has dropped points because of VAR decisions. Every team except Liverpool. For a man who calls himself Statman Gaz, he seems a little short on, you know, stats. It's amazing he can get his mobile phone to even work whilst he's wearing that tinfoil hat. Although when Robbie Savage is around, there's always one opportunity at least to get the upper hand at some point. I'm watching these games and I'm looking for incident, incident, incidents that affect that's performance. In, that's incidents. <laughs> Sorry. Whoever thought the dear Robbie Savage corrects someone. Sorry about that, guys. Come on, guys. Actually, Robbie, I think instances was the word he was after. If you're going to correct someone, especially if you're going to be so bloody smug about it, you want to try and get it right, mate. Even if there was some kind of conspiracy that meant the whole of the Premier League officiating team had been directed to let Liverpool win this year, it still wouldn't be the worst thing that VAR has done this season. That honour goes to the Spanish league. We've seen goals that weren't goals. We've seen offsides because someone's toenail was past the line of the last defender. And now we've seen the same player sent off twice in one La Liga game. And yet another one. What's this now? In this week's game between Fuenabuada and Girona in España, the home team's Cristobal Marquez was shown a straight red for a high challenge and was sent down the tunnel for an early bath. However, in exactly the way that VAR should work, the referee went and checked his pitch side monitor and decided he'd been a little bit hasty and Cristobal was called back onto the pitch a few minutes later where his red card was downgraded to a yellow. Oh, what's the referee doing? Is he going to call him back from the bench? He might, he might be in the shower already. He might come out with a towel on. Now, clearly, he'd left the bath running because no sooner had he been presented with a yellow card than this happened. Oh, hang on. No, 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 no. It was... It was Cristobal, now this is farcical. It was Cristobal who went head-to-head with Stuani and as soon as he comes back on, he gets himself another yellow card. I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, he got involved in a heated argument with the opposition player, was shown a second yellow card and for the second time in the same match, was given his marching orders. 
absolutely lovely stuff. This is crazy scenes. And for that one moment alone, I am suddenly 100% for VAR. All the ridiculousness has been worth it for that one moment. Nothing I can say is funnier than what actually happened on the pitch. So we're just going to have to leave it there and say this. When that comes up as a question on your next pub quizzes, what happened next round, we are splitting the winnings. Okay. That is it for On the Left Side this week, the funny football show. Thank you very much for listening. Please come back next time and we'll have even more football funny. We'll wrap up the week's football news in a different way to everyone else. If you like what you heard today and you want more, click subscribe on the show now so you never miss an episode and give us a follow on Twitter as well. You can share little clips from the show to your mates and they'll think you're really clever and funny too. At On the Left Side is where to go on Twitter for that one and I'll see you next time. Adios! On the Left Side is written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salverson. 